Hey. Welcome to the Hey Ass Butt. Hey. How the fuck y'all doing? Ah, we're, you know, we're here. <clears throat> we decided that this episode, we're going to share some bad ideas we have. It is no nuance November. Dude. It is. It is that, yes. <laughs> These are going to have some nuance, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like two nuance on the on the nuance Richter scale. Talking about that new nuance, not that old old ones. Yeah. <laughs> Today we were talking about our hot horror takes. Yeah. Specifically the bad ones. <laughs> the ones that no one in their right mind agrees with. Yeah. I have no answers for this question. Oh man. Uh, What's yeah? What's funny? It was like this was your idea. Uh, it was yeah. my idea because I have no because an- Travis said something so dumb that I was like, we gotta talk about how bad this is on the podcast. What? He didn't. He I don't know. Explain yourself, <laughs> Travis. Explain what right. he said that inspired this. Okay, are you ready for this? All I'm gonna amend it a little bit from earlier. All yeah, because it was dumb. <laughs> All modern zombie content is the same. Yeah. I need some explanations. Okay. I, oh, wait. I actually I wrote this down. This is how important this was. <laughs> All right. So, zombie apocalypse. Usually an infection of some kind, a pandemic... Uh, there's a government collapse, probably some martial law involved at first. Uh, lots of people die, but never the main characters. Uh, it's all morally gray. There's never really any good endings. Nothing good ever really happens. You've got your hero group. you got a villain group. They're at odds. Uh, cannibal group is a wild card. Sometimes that's there. Usually is. Yeah, um, can you tell that Travis has been watching The Walking Dead recently? <laughs> And that he doesn't have a job. <laughs> I've literally just been sitting on a couch eating Cheez-Its and walking, watching The Walking Dead. Um, okay, buddy. Let's keep going with this. Do but I we- also, also earlier, earlier this year, I played both of The Last of Us's. The Last yeah. of Us's. I played The Last of Us 1 and 2. And guess what? It's the same as Walking Dead. It's the same. Walking yeah. Dead and Last of Us is the same. What about um like Night of the Living Dead? Okay, see, that gets a pass because it's the original. So, all right, here's the problem with every zombie franchise. Yep. Like, every goddamn one of them. Resident Evil, like the video games, kind of don't do this. RE1 really does it, the moving. Mm-hmm. But every video game... Every movie does the same damn thing where the main character gets knocked the fuck out right when shit starts to go crazy. Yeah. Oh, The Walking Dead has that too. And wakes yep. up or shows up like right after things have sort of calmed down, but things like shit is fucked. Like shit is prison fucked up. There's like no coming back from it. And nothing really covers like the first 12 hours of the zombie shit. Yeah. So- Zombies it, are, well, I guess monsters in general are supposed to represent some, like, deep-seated societal fear we have, you know? Like, the zombies, OG, Night of the Living Dead, represented communists. 
yeah. zombies in and of a whole, like whenever they come back in, into like the zeitgeist, it means that people are ready for like the end times. So, like things are really depressing. I mean, I don't reading. think that means people are ready for the end times. I think they're scared of the end times. Right. Well, and like, but also like the, kind of expecting the it to happen. Dead TV show started and all of this zombie zeitgeist was happening was 2010. Like generally starting in like 2009, between 2009 and 2012, all this zombie shit was popping off because of the 2012 end of the world rumor. Yep. So I agree with you, Ben. It's people that like it apocalypse, especially zombie apocalypse shit gets into the zeitgeist when there is an impending fear whether it's valid or not. Like, I don't think 2012 yeah. was a very valid <laughs> apocalypse. Yeah, not really. See, I feel like um, part of that is like, like, we've got, uh, you know, different representations of what people are afraid of. Like, when mm. the original Night of the Living Dead came out, everybody was like, the, com- the Red Scare, communists are taking over. Mm-hmm. And then, like, later movies deal with, like, zombies as mindless consumers and then we've got like the infected you know in the in the knots yeah so um i think that i mean monsters just in general represent like different societal fears like vampires represent how scared we, we are of being sexy yeah. and cool. <laughs> werewolves I, represent how scared we are of dogs i'm gonna bring it up mainly Ooh, because i know somebody's gonna or leave or a werewolves comment about represent it. how scared we are of women that's no fair. dogs God. I'm gonna bring it these up because my, I know these are my bad. These are my bad horror. Oh, movie these are hot your bad takes. takes. These are my <laughs> bad horror movie hot takes. So, vampires um, represent how scared we are of. Well, that's legit though. Like, vampires. Vampires are sexy, right? Yeah, they're hot. Definitely. They're cool. Yeah, they're Lord Byron in a top hat. Um, do you think Lord Byron wore top hats? Absolutely. Were top hats a thing during that time? Definitely. Probably. Lord Byron in a top hat. There he is, the rat bastard, looking fine as fuck. He's not wearing a top hat, though. He does have a sweet mustache. Nice. And a thing on his head? Who the fuck is this? (laughs) Is that Lord Byron? Why does he look like that? You know, I have just realized, I don't think I've ever seen a picture of Lord Byron before this moment. Anyways, that's either here nor there. But that's those are these are my these are my hot takes. Oh, my other hot take: um, all horror movies with like real people, like cult horror movies, best mm. horror movies. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, since you brought up communism, I'm gonna bring it up because I know somebody in the comments will. If you want to talk about horror movies that are explicitly about communism, it would be like Attack of the Body Snatchers or Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. That's the one that's like Hundo P. Yeah. 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 They're taking over. Um, and they're hiding among us. I want to amend my zombie hot take again. And I want it to specifically be zombie apocalypse where it's like the end of the world so that is like the last of us the walking dead stuff like that because you have i feel like night of the living dead 
and even like horror, the horror comedy Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, those are kind of like isolated. Like it doesn't, it doesn't take on themes of like nationwide apocalypse. You know? Yeah. Like, I think Shaun of the Dead. It basically only took like the zombies were only in London. Yeah, if I remember right. Also, fun fact, did you know if there was actually a zombie outbreak, no matter if it's Resident Evil zombies, uh, the zombies from, like, 27 days, 27 weeks later, or, like, any of the other ones, Mm -hmm. do you know why it would fail in less than a week? Oh, because of rednecks? Nope. Well, technically, yes. But also because zombies can't sustain for months on end. Even if they keep eating, because of how like they would be held together, unless they're like, eating constantly and eating healthily, their body structure would actually fall apart after about four days, due to decomposition. Hmm. Neat. Yeah, especially in this, like the hotter it is, the faster it would take place. Like oh, in the summertime, so, yeah. it'd be. And that's why there's never going to be a zombie apocalypse in Florida. Exactly. <laughs> like, anything in Central America, either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Ben, look into my eyes. Tell me what movie I'm thinking of. It's a horror movie. It's set in space. Event Horizon? Event Horizon, Oh, Event Horizon is so good. Here's my other horror... Here's my other bad horror movie hot take. Event Horizon is not a science fiction movie. It's a horror movie. It's a horror movie with fantasy elements. Yep. Hmm. Event Horizon is the best Silent Hill movie. You know what? That's actually a good hot take. Yeah, yeah. that's valid. Yeah. Yep. I've never it's seen a Silent Hill movie, but that's valid as fuck. All right, so all three of them are really good, that Event Horizon included. Uh, yeah. Like, I enjoy them because I understand what they are, which is fucking schlock. Yeah. Like, they were not supposed <clears throat> to be, like, a change your life shit it's just supposed to be like fan service for an hour and a half and that's kind of what you get in silent uh, hill yeah in the silent hill movies like the first two especially oh, especially yeah. damn right you get fan service you got pyramid head walking around with all that cake yep <laughs> uh like the crazy thing is i don't think pyramid head is really in the first game all that much yeah like i think he's alluded to mainly he's mostly in two and three uh-huh. kind of in four he's also he's not even in origins it's like the executioner is his name and it's like or the oh, butcher wow. and he has that giant like fucking butcher's knife right and he's not in downpour it's this weird judgmental dude i can't remember his name but i know he he doesn't have a sledgehammer it's just a giant hammer with a cinder block on the end huh. and homecoming it's the butcher or somebody else but basically my point is that no video game movie is ever going to be great it's just going to be really good right that's That's my hot take here like all of the resident evil movies are fine some of them are shitty but even then they're still fun to watch i mean the best the best video game movie is scott pilgrim versus the world I've been saying that shit for years. <laughs> Correct. I, I all right. Here's my hot take. It's a the movie's good. I fucking hate Scott. Oh, Everyone yeah. hates Scott. Everyone that's the hates point. Scott. If, As they should. That's one of those things. If you run into someone who loves Scott Pil- Pilgrim versus the World but loves yeah. Scott, fucking run. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It's like Fight Club with Tyler Durden. Yeah. That's, or Rick and Morty with Rick. 
Yeah. That's the whole point. <laughs> You're supposed to hate Scott. Scott cool. sucks. Right. He's a 23-year-old who dates like a 17-year-old for the first two books of the graphic novel. It's fucked yeah. up. That's creepy as hell. Yeah. All right, here's my horror movie hot take. There hasn't been a good vampire movie in about a decade. Yeah. See, dis disagree. Because I just think you haven't seen enough vampire movies. I've seen a lot of vampire movies. But have I've you seen, seen some, all vampire movies? I've seen a lot of them, and the ones that are kind of recent are kind of boring. Oh, okay. Did you say vampire horror movies specifically? I said vampire movies to blanket cover the whole goddamn spectrum. Okay. You haven't seen Only Lovers Left Alive. That is a good movie. It stars Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston, and it's excellent. Mm. You know Tilda Swinton isn't in stuff that's bad. That's fair. Yeah, it's she's not also, possible she's in, for her. She's in Constantine, which is one of my favorite movies. Correct. Uh, and she's, yeah. she's the best part. Like my, my bar is really high for vampire movies because 30 Days of Night is one of the best horror movies. Like one of the fucking best horror movies, if not one of the best vampire movies. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. A quick disclaimer. Um, Only Lovers Left Alive, not a horror movie. Okay, it is a mm. it is a dramedy. Mm. So, oh, uh, fucking one caveat to this is um, what we do in the shadows. What we do ah. in the shadows is excellent. Correct. It, you know, I actually haven't count. seen what we do in the shadows. The movie is great. The TV show is great. Yeah. Star-studded cast on both accounts. Well, I haven't seen the TV show, but Travis, the movie is hilarious and excellent. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hulu it's keeps great. recommending the TV show to me, and I want to watch the movie before the TV show. Pretty sure the it, movie is on Netflix. The oh. movie should be on Netflix, and Wild. you don't have to watch either before the other. They're very... Oh, okay. Like, it doesn't even star the same people. Oh, wild. Well, I, yeah. I just, I've been wanting to watch the movie since before the TV show came out. That's the only reason. Yeah. So it's really great. Mm. Um, ten out of ten would recommend. Yeah, knocks it out of the goddamn park. It is. Yeah. A, it's like you know how Shaun of the Dead is great because it's kind of both a horror and a comedy. Yeah, and it's a good like fifty-fifty split. Mm-hmm. So what we do in the shadows in both the movie and the TV show, it's mostly comedy, but there's still those good horror elements from time to time. Have nice. you? Can I ask you a question, Ben? Hmm? Unrelated to what we do in the shadows, but related <laughs> to Resident Evil. Okay. Is there a Resident Evil movie that captures the spirit and the absolute like no. pant shitting horror no. of Resi Seven? <laughs> no. Damn. I knew where you're going with this. A second, yeah. like three words in, bro. No. Not the, played the a answer, single Resident Evil game, but I have watched Ben play Resi Seven, and it is yeah. absolutely terrifying. Yeah, the answer to that is it's Resi Seven. Yeah. <laughs> Resident Evil Seven is the best Resident Evil movie. It go, does it yeah. go hard? Like, does Resi Seven go harder than the other Resident Evil games? Resident Evil Seven is the scariest Resident Evil game. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. So I feel like if I've lived through, I lived through that game. Hmm. I survived it. Barely. Sometimes you, thinking about things that happened in that game, like still just, I'm just like. Right. 
I can split I my re- life into two sections. <laughs> Before and after Resi 7? <laughs> Before and after watching you play Resi 7. <laughs> That's funny. You know what's really funny? I was actually reading an article, like, not recently, it's been a minute, about people claiming to have PTSD, and it actually being studied, people having PTSD after playing certain games. What the fuck? Whoa. Yeah. <gasps> or at least disassociating and thinking about moments from games that kind of shook them to their core. Oh, fuck, I... that happens to me. <laughs> yeah. Not that I it shook did. me to my core, but sometimes I do, like disassociate and start thinking about a game and then i like forever meld that game with that like experience i was having so like <laughs> for some reason there are moments in fallout 4 where i where i will just think about making pizza because <laughs> i was working at marco's pizza and playing through fallout 4 for the first time at at the same time you know what? Same. Um, if, I, if I get really into Skyrim, like really into Skyrim, y'all just need to like, I don't know, put me up in a mental institution for like a week because I am severely depressed. <laughs> that's that's what I associate with Skyrim, just depression. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I usually get to uh, the college at Winterfell and then I just get really really depressed yeah oh man that's valid. Oh, it's so cold and dark there exactly the whole town's destroyed fuck why do we start talking about this and you know what <laughs> um, i assess you know what i associate with assassin's creed deep deep frustration oh man <laughs> same <laughs> i have to talk oh. about assassin's creed real quick which is unrelated but like Oh, and then I have another horror hot take, but holy fucking shit. Do you know how aggravating it is? Ben and I were talking about this the other day. Do you know how aggravating it is to where you're playing this fun game where you get to parkour around historical towns and cities, leaping from ledges and stabbing people in the back with your fucking, you know, sword knife, only to be taken out of the game to be reminded that you are actually some yokel in a fucking VR headset playing a video game inside of a fucking video game. Do you know how annoying that is? <laughs> I keep being like, oh, I'm having so much fun being a pirate and stabbing shit and like fucking going around the high seas and singing shanties. And then it's like, hey, don't forget, you're actually playing a character who's in Montreal, modern day, and is just, I don't know, sitting at a desk. What the fuck? <laughs> There's a couple of YouTubers that cover that that feeling really wonderfully. I think H H Bomber guy does it, and also I hate everything uh-huh. is another channel that covers it really well in his video about what's that fucking animated Netflix show Big Mouth. Oh yeah. Where oh, like, I I think I've seen a I hate everything's video about Big Mouth. Oh, it's great. Like I Big Mouth is a fine show, but the video on it is even better because he has really good points about the show. Basically, it's when anything like being self-aware is really cool and really niche and really awesome. Like Deadpool does it great. And some things like Big Mouth just beat you over the fucking head with a frying pan just to remind you that hey, you know, uh you're in a thing and a thing and a thing just break like there is no fourth wall like there needs to be a fourth wall that's why we enjoy watching things you know what this is it's brechtian okay allow me to explain so Bertolt brecht 
Breakfast was, Ian. It's Breakfast Ian. So Berthold, Berthold Brecht was a playwright in like the early times. And he wrote plays. And basically the whole point was that you were supposed to know you were watching a play. Like he would have his cast members come out and introduce themselves before the show and be like, hey, just so you're fucking aware, you know, you're you're watching a fucking play right now. Like there there wasn't a fourth wall. You huh. were abs- you were just like you you weren't supposed to lose yourself in the drama. It wasn't trying to be like real. It spent half the time reminding you that it wasn't that these weren't real people. These were actors playing characters. Hmm. I hate this. Um I love it. So I'd have to see it, but like I don't like I don't like the beginning of this. Um, I think the point was like supposed to. Uh, I can't fucking remember what what things he was trying to accomplish. Um, but it's supposed to allow you to like think more about you know the play and, and what's happening as opposed mm-hmm. to like getting caught up in the story and the characters right if you can separate your feelings about the characters from you know what's happening you're able to like um like think more on what the play is trying to say yeah okay i could see that working so he was I very love, much like he was very much like I all of my plays have meanings and shit like that and like deep store deep deep messages I'm trying to get across and you're gonna miss that if you give too much of a shit about like this 15 year old I wrote to be the main character or shit like that. All right, now it just sounds like if David Cage was a playwright. <laughs> it's valid. Um, I really like when plays and shows do the thing where it's like. Sometimes you just see the techies doing stuff. Like, yes. yeah, I, um, that's fun. When, when my high school did the show You're in Town, there was a scene where a character, I can't remember if he like jumps off of a building or he falls off a building or something. I'm but, sorry, your high school got to do the play You're in Town? Yeah, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> we wanted to do You're in Town and we weren't allowed because of the title. Uh, yeah, we got to do it. It was awesome. Son of a bitch. But so there's a character there's a character that gets to go uh he like either falls off a building or is thrown uh, basically he's falling from a high place on set onto the stage floor and we had two techies just bring out a mattress for him to fall onto in the middle yeah. of the scene cuz it's supposed to cuz like you're in town's a goofy show so it's supposed to be like ah get it <laughs> I love shit like that for context for both Ben and our audience, um, You're in Town is a, is a musical about a dystopian society where you have to pay to use the bathroom because of water shortages. Yes. Um, and, and it's the like main you, get, you get arrested if you get caught peeing in jars. Yeah, shit like that. And the main character basically like rises up against this dystopian society and... Um, like basically d- 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 rebels so that people are free to pee where they want. Yeah, it's awesome. 
as a man who enjoys pissing outside. Yep. That sounds like my personal hell. So, it's a dark fucking show. All right. I can dig that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For like a show that's like, haha, so hilarious, so funny, you're in town. It's also like, just spoilers, but it's like, maybe the totalitarian government had a point. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of totalitarian governments, Travis. Yeah. Today we're watching the born again identity. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, we're watching. Uh, we're watching. <laughs> I can't get it out. We're getting we're into we're getting Bourne into movie. supernatural now. So, oh, I, you you guys didn't know we elected supernatural as our new president. Yeah. So they're taking over fifteen more years. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, okay. This episode is going to be released on the final episode day of Supernatural. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to this as that comes out, all I gotta say is I love you, and I hope everything went well. Oh, and I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, we'll be watching it together, except for Travis. He won't. He won't be watching it together. Yep. Yeah, he's not allowed. I mean, he's I'll be allowed. there, but I'll have my fingers in my ears and my eyes closed, going la 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 the whole time <laughs> yeah. for 45 yeah. minutes. But Travis was allowed to watch today's episode. Yeah. So tell us what's it about, Travis. <sighs> The, the, the born again identity. Mm. Oh, Sam and Dean, like, I don't know. They do some spy shit and they can't remember who they are, but for some reason they can do all this dope spy shit and then they fucking do it and no one dies except for everyone that they killed because of all the dope spy shit that they did. I'm here for that. Okay, I have... I have an alternative suggestion. Okay. Do y'all remember that one scene in The Bourne Identity where Jason Bourne kills a guy with a pen? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's John Wick, right? No, no, no. Or that is it also... in The Bourne Identity, yeah. Okay, I was just making sure. Oh, God, the, the Bourne Identity was John Wick before John Wick was John Wick. You got my John Wick wet with that sentence. <laughs> okay. The Born Again Identity is an episode of Supernatural where Sam and Dean nail Jesus Christ to a cross with pens instead of nails. <laughs> as it is writ, as it is so. Okay, let's go ahead and get into it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I just want to go ahead and say to people who like this episode, I am so sorry. There are people that like this episode? (laughs) For what we were about to do to this episode on this day. I just... (sighs) Today. Like, I was already upset with the title. Just from hearing the title, I was already Upsetty Spaghetti. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and compliment Sandwich this episode real quick. Do we have anything nice to say about the episode? 
I thought the special effect of Cass removing Lou from Sam was kind of cool to watch. That was pretty Everything dope. else was shitty. Uh, um, I mean, I liked I liked Mark Pellegrino in this episode. I liked Meg. Yeah, yeah Rachel Miner. Always love seeing Rachel Miner. Man, Rachel Miner gives me a major in my pants. Boom! Oh my god, Ben. Okay, Ben, that's too much. That's... <sighs> I'm, I'm probably going to censor that. Jesus Christ, Ben. <laughs> What the fuck? Why are we friends? I just don't even. <laughs> you made me laugh. Fuck you both. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Do you guys ever just like meet two people and you'll start a podcast together and then it's three years later, but you're in too deep to back out? <laughs> Anyways, Rachel Miner's a great actress. Love seeing her as Meg. Yeah. Uh, all right. Did you catch that? <laughs> uh, uh, what? What else? What else, guys? Let's just let's just drag our nails across the barrel. Let's just fucking really dig that shit up. Oh, oh! This episode has um, an actress in it who was actually in both. Uh, the magicians and Hannibal and yeah. she's she is great in Hannibal she plays Abigail right yeah and she's great in the magicians she plays Marina oh um, that was Marina that, yeah that's okay. uh, Marin so whenever she was on screen I was reminded of shows that I like yeah. um, <laughs> and episodes of, of television that I really liked so yeah i gotta say that was really cool that was nice to see her i i felt like when i was watching it i was like she looks familiar yes and i wasn't sure why she has one of those faces yeah definitely like she just she just absolutely has one of those fucking faces where i'm just like whomst whomst whom whomst is this? I know I've seen her before, but why? The first oh. time I saw her in The Magicians, I was like, she looks so fucking familiar. And of course, I'd seen this episode fucking years ago. And by years ago, I mean like, I don't know, three years ago. So Yeah. Uh, uh, um, uh, on, that, on that vein, to rewind back to the uh, first half, I've been watching The Walking Dead. Lauren Cohen is in that, who plays Bella. And yes. I got, she gets introduced in season two, and I got all the way to like halfway through season three until I was like, oh, she's Bella in Supernatural. Yes. <laughs> because I yes. kept like, I kept looking at her and I was like, she's familiar. I don't know why she's familiar. And then it finally clicked. Anyway, just had to get that out. Hell yeah. <laughs> um,. I, yeah, thought I that thought was... she's great. She's a, she's a delight. Yeah. I like the little mini freak of the week we got with Sam, with Sam interrupted. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I liked the, um, I did like that it, there was kind of like, and there was kind of like a little A, B, and C plot, and the C plot was just Sam, like, dealing with a ghost. Yeah. That, that was kind of neat. Because also, 
even when Sam is literally at his like weakest and most tired and most like just strung out and ready to be done with everything, he's still mm. gonna help someone. Yeah, yeah. I do. That's that's, that's really another cool. thing that I like about this episode. That was probably one of the only good parts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's it from me. I've settled the nice things I'm going to say. Yep. Probably. Damn, I should have saved that for the end for the compliment sandwich. It's yeah. going to be an open face compliment sandwich. It's, an, it's another one of those open face compliment sandwiches we keep giving out. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure out something else to compliment it on here in a minute. Won't yeah, we? yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, sure, I'm sure, sure we'll come sure. across yeah. some yeah. hidden detail. Um, some, some line of dialogue we thought was great. I have to say, though, the dialogue in this episode, oof. Yeah, yeah. There was... Meg really, Meg didn't really have any great lines, and neither did anybody else. Everyone else, everyone suffered from no one talks like that syndrome. Oh my I God. thought I literally wrote down. I did not, for the record, I did not take notes this episode. But I <laughs> literally was like, I like heard this line of dialogue, and I was like, I'm gonna find a fucking pen, and I wrote down lazy exposition because yeah. it was some of the worst exposition I have heard in my life. It's called yeah, it exposition. was fucking awful. It was the scene where like. He, Sam was like, "So did you set the fire?" And and she was like, "My brother died, and that's who's talking to me." And, and you have Charles Manson talking to you. And I was like, "Jesus Christ!" Was there no other way we could have? I almost would have taken text scrawling across the screen, a la <laughs> yeah. Star Wars voiceover. Can I get voiceover exposition, please? Yeah. It was it was a low point Oof. for sure. Yeah. So, um, real quick, let us talk about what this show is, what this episode is about. A quick sum up. Uh, Sam is at the end of his rope. He has been, Lucifer has kept him up. He is delirious. Um, he is exhausted. He can barely eat, etc., etc., etc. And he basically gets put into a mental institution. Uh, Dean desperate to find somebody to help him out stumbles across a guy named Emmanuel who surprise surprise is Castiel they yep. bring Castiel back to the mental hospital he absorbs his crazy I don't know if y'all can hear the bunny ears I'm doing but it's yeah they're exaggerated yeah and uh the day no. Sam is cured <laughs> Cass sucks the crazy out of Sam yeah basically God, last yeah. season he was 50, Which was fisting, this season he's sucking. What the hell, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Is the, is, the, is the title of this episode going to have to be Cast Sucks Sam? To, yes. to fit with the theme <laughs> yes. of last season's Cast Fist Sam? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Next episode is called Aftercare. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> No. Because that's what it is. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, um, trying to make me care after this fucking episode. Okay, sorry. I think it's really funny that they had to bring Meg in for aftercare for Cass after sucking off Sam. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> boo, his boo. <laughs> I, okay, but 
like, so that's that's pretty much what happens. I've yeah. obviously left off some details, like the fact that Sam meets Marin, uh, seventh, like, a, I don't I don't think we get her age, but she's a teenage girl who's in the hospital because her ghost brother is trying to kill her so that they can be together. Go go death. ghost bro. Yeah. Um, and Sam helps her out with that. Uh, demons mm. are harassing. Basically, they, like, Crowley hears about this faith healer named Emmanuel, who he doesn't know is cast, but once he figures out it's cast, he sends demons after them, and, like, so, so yeah, yeah um, let's, let's get into it, guys. Let's uh, get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. So, I liked how we got... I liked how we got like the missing Lou from last episode. Like we didn't get him singing Led Zeppelin. Oh but we yeah, did get him being a full-on rage boner. That was dick. that was another favorite part of my. I, I said this earlier. Mark Mark Pellegrino in general was my favorite part of this episode. Hell yeah, and I, it really was. I like Mark Pellegrino, but I have an issue of how they treated Lucifer as a whole. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. But I also just loved that it was Mark Pellegrino being ridiculous. Yes. I do enjoy that. And his little asides were fun. His mugging to the camera was fun. But this is supposed to be the worst. Okay, so putting this into context. Sam goes to hell for a year. And is subjected to unimaginable tortures. At the beginning of the season, we were kind of like, what was set up was that we were going to see glimpses of this, right? This is how Lucifer was torturing Sam, was with flashbacks to his time in the cage. Yeah. In this episode, his main thing seems to be singing annoying songs uh transforming into people and saying kind of fucked up shit but you know still like pg-13 appropriate for television fucked up shit he's like cast yeah. or not brand freddy krueger this episode mm-hmm. he's he's very tame for yeah. the history's greatest monster you know what i'm saying like yeah. he's he's uh chilled out in his old age this is very true. Um, he came out of his cage. He was doing just fine. He got put back in his cage. He's doing not so fine. No, I don't he think seems he to was. Have lost some of his luster. This episode, he's coming out of his cage and doing mediocre. Yeah, yeah. he's not doing just fine. He's he's yeah. doing all right. I'm falling asleep, and she's calling thirteen twelve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm confused on the mechanics of Lucifer. Like, is he supposed to exist, or is he a figment of Sam's imagination? Mark we'll Pellegrino see. thinks he's real Lucifer, which I kind of hate because if he is, yikes! Yeah. What happened, buddy? Lucy, what happened? Well, it's like it's definitely up for debate because, like, I I am on the it is a hundred percent all in Sam's head situation until yeah. the end of this episode where Cass sucks him out and then Cass is seeing Lucifer and Lucifer is like, "Hey, bro, um, what you doing?" Sam's major problem is he can't sleep. Lucifer's not allowing him to sleep. 
which mm-hmm. fine. When it's just Sam without anything, I can or or like I don't know two beers and like in the beginning of the episode, Sam seeks out a drug dealer or like meets a drug dealer and like tries to get high to fall asleep. Yeah, and that doesn't work. That I'm willing to accept. But when a doctor is pumping him full of so much like up to the legal limit of sedative, I don't care how tall Jared Padalecki is, like, he should be knocked the fuck out. But that implies a supernatural influence. Right. Yeah. You know, because otherwise, how is is he still awake? How, like, is it just like the cage memories are so powerful they're keeping him awake, even, you know, through, like, the intervention of modern medicine? I don't think modern I don't think morphine is strong enough to combat the power of Sandpel. You heard it here first, folks. Morphine not as powerful as the devil himself. When you yeah. are playing a game of Rock Morphine Devil. <laughs> devil beats morphine. Morphine beats rock. Rock beats devil. Interesting. Yeah. We'll go ahead and change rock to um, the power of... Uh, the power of Christ compels you. No, no. I was going to say the power <laughs> of the Impala compels you. Yeah. yeah. I can dig that. So. The power of Christ compels you. Okay. The um, power of Slayer compels you. <laughs> so... But yeah, I wasn't, I I thought this stuff with Lucifer was kind of, like, he went from being like this super big deal bad torturer to, hey Sam, what if you thought you were eating maggots? What about that, huh? Um, Yeah. It just loses some of its sparkle, I guess, you know? They basically, they basically turned Lucifer into Q. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. In the beginning, it was all like ingenuity and creativity, and I was always surprised by the torture that Lucifer would bring out. But now it just feels kind of tired and hack, you know. I I really think they didn't have a whole lot of like special effects budget this episode, and they basically blew it on Senpel transforming into the Doctor, yeah, like some maggots and like Cass's. Jesus powers coming back into effect. Oh, and also all of the um, CGI black demon eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's my other thing. Do you have to turn your eyes black when you're a demon? Like, is it like blinking or can you hold that shit off so you don't alert everyone to your magical presence? I think it's like sending a dick pic. You don't have to do it. You just feel really compelled to sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's upsetting. Um, Like, you know, just like demon eyes. (laughs) So, I, the more I see them, the more lame they look. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Uh, um, earlier, it, earlier, Kat was asking about what the... Mo- like, we were looking at zombies on The Walking Dead, and Kat at was asking about what monsters on Supernatural are like. And I was like, well, they're all lame as fuck, to be honest. Honestly, most of them are white dudes with different colored contacts. Yeah. Yep. That they wear for two seconds. Sometimes their hands glow. I know cosplayers who have more who have their contacts in longer than some of the monsters on Supernatural. Yeah, this is fucking true. And that shit hurts. So, like, I get it, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, let's talk about Cass real quick. 
Travis, on a scale of one to negative 100, how shocked were you that Cass came back from the dead? I mean, like, (laughs) what was the scale? One to negative 100? Yes. Can we add another couple hundred thousand on top of that? (laughs) You know what? Just for you, buddy, we sure shit can. Come up with a number. Like, fucking, of course it's Cass that is back. But here's the thing. Like, I guess it's just because Misha Collins was so popular in general. Like, it it could have been Cass in literally anybody. Yeah. Like, literally yeah. any. It could have been just Cass in a new vessel. But we wouldn't know that it was really Cass unless we saw Misha up there. Well... I, th- I don't think I think Misha Collins is just so popular that they wouldn't get rid of him playing Cass. You know what I mean? Like oh, definitely, yeah. It just wouldn't be a thing. Definitely, um, but also like it was just. I'm really looking forward to whatever explanation they're gonna throw out there, because right now I'm just like. Fucking really? Fucking what? Fucking why? Yeah, why? Really? As to what? What explanation? Explanation as to why Cass is back. Oh my god, are you expecting an explanation? I mean, not anymore. You are you guys getting explanations for this? <laughs> Buddy, That's oh funny. sweetheart, nah, we are in season seven. We yeah, don't do that nah, shit I'm anymore. not like ex- I'm not expecting a full explanation. I want. I want a throwaway line at least. Can we at least have that? Can we have a little... Can we have a scrap of that bone? <laughs> that is... No. Oh, God. You like, the bone is dry so and, and and you can't even... Then like It's dry and hollow, but we can't even get a little bit of it? We can't just Dear take no, a little man. nibble, a little gnaw? No, no. Bones are for closers, Travis. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> You don't get any bones until, like, I don't know, season 10 or some shit. I don't fucking remember. Jesus Christ. God. Fucking hell. Sorry. I just remembered the worst death and resurrection on the show, and I I can't talk about it yet. Because it hasn't happened. Travis, you have so much to look forward to. Oh, God. God, I'm having a flashback. I'm just (laughs) imagining... I just imagine character A standing over character B's corpse monologuing to nothing <laughs> until character B comes back like two seconds later. Oh, Christ. Oh, hell. That statement was like a vague post. It's like some classic vague booking. Yeah. <laughs> it leads into one of the worst um, episode, like three episode arc Supernatural ever did, so... Wow! Can't, Get ready can't for that. wait. <laughs> yeah, can't it's wait. It's all right. We've got another like two years at least before we get there, probably. So oh, actually, that's man. not true. At the rate we're going, I think we're we'll probably hit it in like I don't know next year and a half or some shit. Anyways, yeah. that's yeah. neither here nor there. Um, yeah, uh, cast coming back. Wow. Okay. I. I mean. I feel like the writers actually gave a shit about the sections with Cass and Dean, so there's that, at least. All of the, or I'll say this, all of the dialogue I didn't hate in this episode happened between Cass and Dean. That's fair. Like, the line about where, um, 
Dean asks where Emmanuel came from, and Cass replied, uh, bouncingbabynames.com. I thought that was a joke that landed. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, the, the, the scene where K- Dean admitted to being angry at Cass because he blames Cass for what happened to Sam, which, yeah. like, fair and valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then Cass, not knowing, you know, what happened, replied, um, uh, you know, you're human, Dean, like, you're allowed to be angry. Like, it sounds like your friend betrayed you, and that's, you know shitty or whatever i'm paraphrasing but like uh i like i liked that moment um i did not like the fact that uh Cass went and killed a bunch of demons because it was like riding a bike and he just suddenly remembered everything yeah Yeah. like they set up this whole amnesia storyline and then immediately discarded it literally also is anyone going to tell Emmanuel's wife what fucking happened? Absolutely not. Disposable. Yeah, Throw away. No. She might as well have died. Uh, as soon as I saw Misha Collins on screen, I was like, well, here's a whole heaping spoonful of make it easy. Yep. Exactly. I'm just like, fucking Christ. So, yeah. So, Emmanuel, Misha, what happened to Cass was he woke up naked outside of this, like, fucking the fucking river he swept away in and his wife found him that's right he married this woman who florence nightingale him back to life and then they <laughs> fucking named him and then he figured out he had magic healer powers and his wife was like oh god and Cass was like sure <laughs> and then she gets tied up by a demon dean and Cass save her and then Cass leaves to go with dean and she's never mentioned again Yep. I'm sure yep. she's fine. We gotta talk about the women this episode because there there are there are three there are three women and remember there are four flavors of women in Supernatural. Useful, also, not useful, and in white. No 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 no. That's only three, first of all. But set, there's there's four. Actually I'm gonna add a okay. fifth category. Okay. So there's remember, there's bitch, there's yep. mom, yeah, there's lover. Yep. And then there's victim or sister oh. or protected. And then the fifth category is dead. Um, there you go. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. So uh, there can the these women can multi-class. Okay, you can be <laughs> lover and bitch at the same time. That's Meg, right? They tease yep. a little bit of a shit between her and Cass, which we stand. Meg's DL five ever. Um, so so Meg gets to be bitch and lover at the same time. Um, you can also be mom and bitch. Right? You can also be mom and dad. You can also be mom and dad. All of these categories <laughs> can be dead. True. All of them. You can, <laughs> if you are a woman in Supernatural at any time, you can be one Anything of the four dead. main flavors of women and also dead. Like it's like halfling in D and D. Exactly. It's 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 you can absolutely multi-class, bitch lover. Uh, fuck. What was I third? Oh, mom, mom, and sister slash protectee and dead. All all of them. So all oh, the also same time. um, 
Also, Mom and Protectee will cross over sometimes, as will Lover and Protectee. Um, or not Protectee, Protected, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, Sister and Lover rarely, if ever, cross over, as do Mom and Lover. So that's... Oh, uh, if Lover mostly crosses over with Bitch. Mom uh, and Lover only crosses over and Devour. <laughs> True. Which is... <laughs> You know, <laughs> the supernatural extended universe. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, please subscribe to our Patreon so you can. No, that one's that one's available. That, oh, that one's on the feed somewhere. Find it, listen to it, and then watch the movie. Yeah. Or watch the movie and then listen to the episode. Wink. Yeah. Just don't watch it sober. Don't do what we did. All right? Yeah. And don't ask us to reimburse you because we won't. <laughs> We will not. It's free on Amazon. Don't ask this to pay for your therapy. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about the two, the three main women in this episode. So we've got Meg, right? Yep. Aforementioned, she's bitch flavor and lover flavor. How do we know she's bitch flavor? Well, you may remember uh, previous encounters with meg where dean actually calls her a bitch so we can just go ahead and check that one off and then we know her and Cass have something going on because she flirts with him and Cass even references this in episode like she oh one of the other pieces of dialogue i liked is when meg was like you're an angel and Cass was like i'm sorry is this some sort of flirtation and meg was like uh no next time (laughs) baby that's me wearing my shipper goggles, my shipper goggles, and they are effective. Um, and then we've got uh, Marin, who is the seventeen-year-old girl who Sam helps out. I think mm-hmm. she falls under the sister category. Yeah. Um, not the dead category, although it was a close call. Uh, and then we have, um, Emmanuel's wife. What? What's her name? No clue. Don't Joyce. look it up. Don't look it up. I What's her I name? don't know. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. One hundred percent. No clue. Did, was it said? It was said. Oh wow! I missed it. Everybody did. I don't know. I don't know her name. I don't know her name either. Yeah, no one knows her name. Let's look at IMDb. Uh, oh my god! I can't pick it out of a list. I don't remember what she looks like. Uh, hang on, I'm on the uh, I'm on the supernatural wiki, so I'll go to Excellent. I'll go to the character list section. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, oh, okay. Daphne. Daphne. There we go. Fucking really? Yep. Yeah. Her goddamn name was Daphne. Yep. Yeah, turns out this entire time. Gross. I mean, like, the name Daphne is gross. It's just bad. She just doesn't... She exists to save... Um, this episode has a 9.0 on IMDb. What in the god okay, damn fuck? Okay, hold on. I actually have to... Comes back. I actually have to read one of the... Um, I have to read two of the reviews... Okay, because they're hilarious. Okay. 
Supernatural is starting to stall as a show. Supernatural is starting to stall as a show. The script writers are running out of ideas. The born again identity recycles an old cat character and uses the same idea of spiritual weapons. I will not ruin the episode by giving away too much. We fucking will. The episode has <laughs> Sam relapsing with the devil tormenting him again. The episode's this episode's plot has more of the same plot devices. The born again identity is a bridge episode for a new storyline, which I think will be like last season. I think the series could have a repeating storyline all season. Nothing special with viewing this episode. I give this segment a 6 out of 10 viewing stars. <laughs> However, the show is still well acted and directed. The thing that cracks me up about this is that she gives a 6 out of 10 to this after shitting on it the entire time. Yeah, that's wild. Okay, here's another one. I just wasn't a fan. I liked Sam's portrayal of going crazy. That girl was fine, I guess. In a way, if you want to find deeper meaning in it, you can see how hunting helps him find purpose or something. Or something. (laughs) I am not sure if the... I am not sure if the writers were ever planning to bring Cass back. They absolutely were, 100%. But in any case, they backed themselves in a corner. They had to do an amnesiac cast, which just is just such a huge cliche. I like Meg, too, but her entry feels forced to me. Well, I think needed, the character entry, entries are weak. The end, IDK, he absorbs part of the torture? What? Is that how crazy works in the soul? Also a 6 out of 10. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. Oh. That's kind of hilarious. Yeah, so, and then the rest of these are like 8 out of 10s, 9s out of 10s, and they're all like, Cass is back, that's great, Jared Padalecki did a great job with his acting. Yeah. So. Mm. Um. Oh, here's another one, Overstuffed. Much of this episode is quite good. Cass coming back and taking on Sam's health guards is a needed plot development. The plotting is a bit stiffed on this point. Likewise, Sam starting to lose his mind because of Lucifer is also good. But the episode tacks on a pointless ghost story to pad out the runtime. Overall, this is a weaker episode that had too much going on in it. Eight out of ten. Eight! Fucking what? <laughs> eight! Yeah. Supernatural, man. Supernatural fans are just like... Yeah, this episode's Nothing pretty good, except at the end five. of it. Uh, <laughs> so, Supernatural was pretty good, but at the end of it, one of the actors came out of the TV and shot me in the face. <laughs> Nine out of ten. <laughs> Thought the ending was a little weird. Oh, Gonna give it a ten out of ten still. <laughs> oh, man. You, you can yeah. say this about the fan base. They are dedicated. You know, you know what? There's this wild phenomenon that's happening right now. Actually, is like on Cat's TikTok account. She keeps mm-hmm. getting videos. She keeps coming across videos of people like riffing and ripping into Supernatural. Oh yeah, she sent them to us. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> you don't get them because they contain spoilers, but we get to see them. Oh, okay. Because we're almost done with the damn show. Kind of. I just think it's hilarious because there was one time it where she was like, funny. "Is Supernatural homophobic?" and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> kind of." <laughs> Tell her to stop talking to you about it. She could only talk to us. <laughs> okay, only 
us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So. I do love that people are revisiting the show or like re. I can't think of the word. They're being reminded of the show now that it's literally about to end. Oh, yeah, that so. always happens. And oh. they're throwing out, like, hot takes left and right. Also, and it's just goddamn hilarious. Also because of the thing. Yeah, that's very true. You know the thing. I know the thing. We all, we know the thing. We don't all know the thing, but we know the thing. Wait, the thing? <laughs> the thing. So You don't get to know the thing because oh, the thing. it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk real quick about the fact that Castiel names himself Emmanuel, which means um, God is with us or God yeah. with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that have an important meaning to the show overall? Probably not, except for irony. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. God that's is what I thought it was. Not with them. In a way. All of the meaning in the show gets retconned and who knows what gets retconned into the show it's, and retroactively put into it. <laughs> it's a show that sometimes as somebody who's barreling high speed through seasons 14 and 15 so I can watch the finale uh, two days from now, it sometimes feel like it sometimes feels like supernatural lays these seeds to have them sprout later, but they always feel like accidents. It always <laughs> feels like the writer's room gets together and is like, fuck, we have to come up with an entire plot line for season 12? What the hell are we going Oh my god. Guys, I just remember. Do you remember that Secret Society we introduced like 10 seasons ago? Don't you think that would be perfect for the main villain of season 12? Hell yeah, it would be high five and brewskis, guys. High five and brewskis. <laughs> and then they leave. Like they go. Like that's it. Damn. So, um. <laughs> Wait, Secret Society? That's kind of how it works. You haven't seen it. Don't worry about it. Damn. But yeah, it it just feels I don't know. Like some the word you're looking for. Yeah, they bumblefuck their way right into it. Yeah, Um, and I think that's one of the things that I do appreciate about season seven is that there is a cohesive story here. Do they nail every detail? Oh no, they do not. No. And I appreciate the fact that Sam's going to be able to get a good night's rest. I just wish that, I don't know. Usually with these types of episodes, I try to encourage us giving suggestions for how to improve them. But I honestly don't even know what I would do. You know what I mean? So this goes back to like what we were talking about with season six, where we just need to completely overhaul season six as a whole to fix its problems, right? Yeah. I think in doing that, we could probably fix a lot of problems with season seven as well. Yeah, overhauling, overhauling's like Solus Sam situation in season six would definitely fix this situation currently. But one of the good things about season six was the last episode of it, where Sam basically accepts the damaged parts of himself. And honestly, one of my least favorite things about this episode is that this episode undoes that by having Castiel just magically whisk that away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've talked about things I don't like about this episode, but to me, the worst thing about it is the fact that Castiel just magics away Sam's 
Yeah. That's when I was watching this episode and I, I sent a message to you guys. I was like, I've got beef with this fucking episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what that was about. Because, like I said earlier, when Castiel shows up, it's just a fucking make it easy button. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's 10 demons outside of the mental hospital. How are we going to get in? Oh, uh, it just turns out Cass can kill them all. Yeah. Never mind the fact that they were possessed humans. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I thought know. about that a lot, too, because Dean stabs at least three people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once in um, front of Emmanuel and... Uh, fuck. What's her... Daphne. What is... Daphne. Daphne. Once in front of Emmanuel and Daphne's house... Two people inside the convenience store where they meet where they meet up with Meg. Um, and then Meg kills one. Oh God! And let's talk about Meg's motivations because they're all over the fucking place. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Need, I I honestly still do not fully understand why Meg was in this episode. Meg, I'm I'm half Meg's- convinced they did it for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fifteen years ago, somebody was like, "All right, there's going to be this little girl in Huntsville. She's originally from Missouri, but we're going to do this for her. She, I know she's going to love it." You think I'm originally from Missouri? <laughs> I could remember. I know you, they'll get it wrong too. Don't worry. Ben, I went to high school here. <laughs> I know you went to college in Missouri. I did go to college in Missouri. Yeah, I, you got it. I was partially right. You you almost <laughs> nailed those details, buddy. I almost did. Meanwhile, I remember the fact that you and your family moved to Knoxville for a while when you were a child. Nope, Clarksville. Good guess, though. Damn it. <laughs> so, um, it's hard, right? Remembering details about your friends. Okay, it's, there's a little bit of a difference between the fact that I remember the fact that you and your family moved to Tennessee for a while when you were a kid, and you don't even remember um, where I'm fucking from. Which, by the way, is the same place you're from, North Alabama. It's a big place. Shut the fuck up, Ben. Anyway, so... <laughs> But yes, I do believe, I, I, I can't think of a reason for Meg to be there, so I'm pretty sure she was there for me, Travis. And she was there for all Meg's DL shippers, giving us that sweet, sweet fucking fan service. She was also there because they needed a character to be the nurse to keep an eye on Cass. Yes. Yeah. Because somebody was like, we, we're going to put Cass in the mental hospital, but how are we going to make sure he's okay? We're going to bring Meg back. See, and I understand why Cowley, Crowley wants Cass. Cass betrayed Crowley. He mm. tried to kill him. Or mm-hmm. no, well, he tried to subjugate him under his thumb and then, like, you know, became a very powerful enemy that could have killed Crowley. And um, Crowley is would definitely want to know that Cass was still alive. Like, I get why Crowley's demons would be going after Cass. Yeah. Meg is there because she wants to kill Crowley, and I guess she's trying to amass power to do it, and Cass is going to be one of those people for her. Cass is the MacGuffin this season. He's what people want to kill each other with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this episode, at least. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, she... I, I don't fucking... No. I mean, in my fanfic, it's because she's secretly in love with him, but, you know, doesn't want to admit that she has a pure side that actually cares about other people, but mm-hmm. yeah. in this episode, I don't I don't really know. 
So yeah, that is fair. this is my headcanon. It's for me. They did it for me. <laughs> Why is Meg there? For me. She's there for me. <laughs> for me, it's probably the best description for some stuff that happens in Supernatural. And I don't mean just for me. I mean, whoever whoever's talking about something they like in the show at that given moment. Yeah. That was the motivation. It was for like the fans. You know... Yep. I just want to say, God bless Rachel Miner, because you think mm. you think with Meg being two out of the five flavors that women can be, um, that would give her some multi-dimensional. That would make her a multi-dimensional character or multifaceted. She's is she though? I mean, she's really not. She's just kind of like. She's just kind of there to be me. mean. Yeah. 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 To just to, she's just there to be antagonistic. I mean, yeah. I think she does get a little bit of a moment later on, but it's um. We'll get, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. I think they brought her back to be the curmudgeon now that Bobby's gone. I I think I think they they I think they brought her back for me. That's what I think. I think they brought her back for me. <laughs> Also to take care of Cass, but mostly mm. for me. Seeing as someone I want to have a Florence Nightingale moment. Bow, 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 bow. Okay, so, <laughs> um, but yeah. I see how it is. Uh. Oh, also, I'm going to ask an uncomfortable question. Okay. But I was reminded of, we didn't talk about this a couple episodes, and I was reminded of this in the, um, the uh, recap section of the episode. Uh, a lot of rape jokes this season. Yeah, a lot of sexual assault jokes. Mm, yeah, and uh, supernatural. How am I supposed to take that? Literally, like, what the fuck? Pretty fucked up. Uh, yeah. Uh. For context, Lucifer makes them about Sam. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just Would their would their shit be Slucifer? It's, We're already down this rabbit it's, hole. It's uh It's uh we don't talk about that. It's um shush hush. Shush, <laughs> shush, shush, shush. I knew that was gonna be the joke. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know. There's, a lot, be there's a lot to unpack there. There's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Painfully true. Yeah. So let's just burn the whole suitcase instead. It's just yeah. weird that Supernatural is like, we're going to make these jokes and have Jared Padalecki just act his little heart out by being like, truly traumatized by Lucifer's presence and that's it that's all we gotta do (laughs) brush my hands off guys brewskis after writer's room over like we have figured it out we have thrown the dart against the cork board and we have figured out our plot for the next season something 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 and we're good we're good to go um that's not true. I know the writers work very hard, and there's a lot that I like in later seasons of Supernatural. It just sometimes mm. feels like y'all got lucky, <laughs> yeah, is all I'm true. saying. 
sometimes it just kind of feels like. I mean, is it luck or is it out. them like, dig- or like you said earlier, is it them like desperately digging through old episodes looking for throwaway things to be like, aha, we can bring this back and make it seem clever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's Hundo P, both of those things. Yeah. It's them th- just nutting in different directions, hoping something lands, mm-hmm. and then remembering throwaway lines because they planted <laughs> seeds to help themselves out way earlier. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So Cass takes on Sam's hell crazy and now he has to stay in the mental hospital um meg gets hired on as a nurse to watch over Cass, and sam and dean reluctantly drive away it is implied slash outright stated because supernatural implies nothing so much as it beats you over the head with it um that Cass is doing this as a penance um Mm, for all the wrong he did at the end of season six Yep. And that's where the episode ends. Um it's, Travis, you you nailed it. It's absolutely a makes it easy moment. Yeah. And if I were to write this episode, I would not have done what they did. Like any of would, the, it wouldn't even have been Yeah, in. would would you have even brought Cass back at all? I do like the character a lot. Like Cass is definitely one of my favorite characters, and I do like Misha Collins as Cass. Although this episode and some other episodes with him, I'm just like, man, you really regret picking that voice, don't you? Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's hard to act with that, right? When you're mm-hmm. doing like a voice that's just completely not your own, you know? Yeah. Um, because there are definitely some line reads that Misha Collins has has that I'm just like, is this the that <laughs> may have been all he could have managed because that's got to fuck his vocal cords up at times um if i'm just like wholesale rewriting the entire season like okay let's say in this fantasy universe sarah gamble gives me season seven right and i just mm. get to write the entire thing and in this fantasy universe um i get to when i rewrite the entirety of season seven i still have to deal with the fallout from season six okay Mm -hmm. i don't think i would have killed Cass at all ah you think he just would have been hidden no i think he would be involved in this in the story um I would have de- or, I would have had to bullshit depower Cass, which I don't like. Okay, mm-hmm. that was my next guess. Yeah, because Cass is OP as a character, so he constantly has to get depowered. So like Sam and Dean don't just fucking makes it easy through the entire show. Yeah. Um, and I would have maybe like 
because if you think about it, it's like instant character conflict. The drama writes itself. Just add water, right? You have this friend who's betrayed him and bad shit is happening in the universe now, but it's a slow apocalypse. So you would get essentially kind of the same situation that Sam ends up ends up in in season five, mm-hmm. except no familial ties. And also Cass knew what he was doing was wrong. Yeah. Or like, you know, knew because because he hid it from Sam and Dean. Sam was tricked into that. Cass wasn't. Cass made his decisions with his eyes open and just like his hubris goes before the fall, basically. Um, So here he's in this alternate season seven. He's regretful and he's trying to help and he's trying to save everything. And Sam and Dean are very resistant to that. Um And basically, Sam's storyline would have been about accepting what happened in the cage and having those memories back. Mm-hmm. And it would have been threaded throughout the entire season. Um, and he basically, like, instead of getting rid of them, which he doesn't get rid of them, like, he still remembers them. They just don't affect him like he like they do. Right. Um, also, I want Sam's powers to come back. That's what I want. Yeah, that would be more than awesome. anything. I want Sam's powers. That would to come be cool. Back. I kind of want to think on this. I actually, um, I wrote like an alternative season six that completely veered off the season six that they had, yeah. and um, basically, like, I added a new. Well, I, she wasn't a new character, but you remember Gwen Campbell? Yeah. I basically made her like a very important character and Sam wasn't even around for the first half of the season. Like the mid season finale was still getting Sam back, but it wasn't Sam's soul. It was just the entirety of him. Nice. Um, And yeah, there was, I just completely was like, I'm going to, I'm basically going to like, here's how I would have done season six because I hate the season so much. Um, Not that I think I'm like better than the writers of Supernatural because there's no way that I would just write out an entire season of television by myself. But I basically wrote like the show Bible, my show Bible for season six. And now I kind of want to do that with season seven, although I do like season seven a lot more. Season seven just has a lot more fun stuff in it. Season six, it just felt shittily by the book do you think do you think season six like lost some of their budget like do you think the show lost some budget going from season five to season six i think it lost the heart of the show which is eric kripke yeah and it showed i don't know but also but also sarah but also some budget sarah gamble i mean wrote like so many good episodes well sarah gamble also wrote this episode what yeah that's what the wiki says this is a betrayal yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> oh, what the yeah hell? writers Eric Kripke and Sarah Gamble what the fuck or it says writers Eric Kripke created by and then Sarah Gamble so. oh yeah Whatever. You know what? This episode does one... Okay, here it is. The end of my compliment sandwich. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, because I'm about ready to wrap this shit up. This episode does one good thing. 
it gives me an excuse to use any episode of Hannibal I want as a as a LSA. Oh, there you I knew go. That was coming. Yeah. Yeah. And any episode of The Magicians, which we already had that because Sarah Gamble. Yeah. yeah, was the showrunner. But um, now, now I finally have a solid. Now I do have. I mean, Catherine Isabel is in um, a good portion of Hannibal, but I don't know. I feel kind of sketchy about it. She hasn't been in the show since for like since season two. But uh, you know, Marin is fresh. Marin happened yeah. this week. So yep. uh, next week of the week, just a, just a fucking episode of Hannibal. <laughs> Let's fucking do this. I'll try to include both Kaz and Isabel. And um, I can't remember her name. It's Casey Roll. Casey Roll. Yes. I'll try to include them both. Hell yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm actually really excited at the thought of doing that. All right. Anyways. So. So, yeah. Um, final thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, hopes, dreams, wishes. I'm excited about the next episode because I know what it is and I love it. So, all right. That's I'm looking the final forward to the next episode, episode just so it won't be this one. <laughs> yep. Girl say. I'm looking forward to the next episode because I think it has a fun name. Travis? Yeah. The name of this next episode is Party on, Party on Garth. That, smilky, that silky smooth transition. <laughs> I love it. I want party to say on party Garth. on goth. <laughs> party on um, goth. Sam and Dean have to have a telethon to keep their local TV station from shutting down. Oh. And Bill Murray's brother shows up as the owner of Noah's Arcade. <laughs> and, he ha- and this man has no sphincter. <laughs> it's a really super heady Wayne's World reference. <laughs> well, I was actually going with um, the Weird Al movie. Well, you know this what they have to do in Wayne's World, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's both. They have to do that in both of those movies. <laughs> oh shit! I need to go back to UHF. Yeah, VHF. it's really good. Yeah. Tell you. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen next week on AS, but but it might on Supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. Why the fuck not? Hey, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. We appreciate the shit out of you. If you want to hear hey. more from us, check out our social media, at Habcast on Twitter and on Instagram, and Hey Asmet is Supernatural Podcast on Facebook. You can also go to our website where you find a link to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash habcast, where for three measly dollars a month, you can gain access to a other the other show we do called Let's Shag Ass, where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural. Coming soon to a television near you, and by television I mean wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, the LSA where we watch a Hannibal episode. It's finally time. I've decided. <laughs> so, um, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, have fun. And don't die. Bye.